All right. What's up, Alden? Welcome. Uh, thanks for jumping on this recording, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I'm, uh, dude, I'm so excited. Um, so this is for my top human podcast, right? Which I'm just starting out. And the whole premise, the whole idea behind top human as I'm progressing through through building the business is I want to teach people about ener like self-energy work or just energy work in general, but from a very practical standpoint, because if you think about energy work, at least if I do, you know, three years ago, me, I'm thinking people with crystals and like talking about, I literally went to this one energy healer and she just started talking about angels for like an hour and kind of like waved her hands around a little bit. So there's a lot of woo-woo, a lot of fakers, a lot of stuff that's not like actually going to give you tangible experiences or results. Um, and we've talked a little bit about this, right? In the past several years of my journey in my life, I've had some very practical results and, and experiences just on the self-energy side. And then from talking with you, I know that you've had a lot of very direct experiences yourself as well, and even um, with other people. So all of that just, you know, my mind has just been blown and blown and blown over the past several years. So I decided I'm going to start teaching people about this, right? And just start the conversation. So um, anything you want to say before we kind of get started? I think I'll start with just like explaining my kind of self-discovery of energy work. And then I would love to hear yours as well. Before we dive into that, anything you kind of want to add or maybe introduce yourself? Oh, I mean, I think anything I want to add, I'll, I'll be sure to fit it into these questions. But for, for the listeners, my name is Alden. Um, and a lot like you, just a few years ago, I was the guy who rolled his eyes whenever anyone talked about Reiki or crystals or anything, guardians, things like that. It was just like, okay, note to self, I'm going to like tailor the conversation because <laughs> I have judgments. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, a lot of that has changed over the last couple of years. So I'm really excited to share what my experiences have been and help normalize, you know, other people's experiences as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sweet, man. So, yeah, I guess I'll dive into a little bit of my own history of how I kind of self-discovered this. And I don't know if I've told you all of this too, but basically I was in a kind of a mental state where, you know, several years ago where I was like, okay, my, I knew my mindset wasn't right because there was several experiences. Um, one was there was this girl in college that I just adored and I chased her literally for years. And she kept on saying like, no, like, I just want to be friends. Like, no, but my mind couldn't stop thinking about her. Like I was very attached, super attached. And I was like, okay, all of the things of like, just when you start thinking about something, just like shift your attention, just stop thinking about it. Just think about something else, right? Which is a lot of the kind of advice out there. None of that really worked because my attachment was so strong. Um, so that's when I started getting into like meditation and started my whole personal growth journey and everything. 
fast forward several years or a couple years later, um, maybe one year later, actually, that was 2017, more or less. Um, I, I onboarded a ton of stress from when my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, you were actually, you, I think you were over at my house for, for part of that period. You helped me build my treadmill, um, which was in that time. <laughs> I remember that. But uh, I onboarded so much stress in that time. Eventually, I was like, I have to leave. And so I did. And after that point in time, I realized I was kind of carrying this like really toxic, like feeling in the center of my chest. It was like a black hole, very sludgy, sticky, dense, very heavy. It wasn't, it, it was very clear that it wasn't like a physical like issue. It was an emotional manifestation of, you know, these sensations and, you know, people that I would talk to therapists, coaches, whoever didn't have like an actual answer for what that was and any advice. So I had, I had to bring it upon myself to figure out what this is and start to get rid of it. And so I started meditating more and tried a lot of different styles of meditation. I was reading kind of different books about different modalities of therapy and, and all this stuff. And there was one day where I was following this guided meditation, but also kind of doing my own thing. <clears throat> and I just put my attention on that feeling. I let myself completely just like collapse into it and like let my body drop into it, right? Just pull my awareness into it. Even my body, like I let myself kind of fall over downwards and just really like embrace that feeling. And when I did one of these days, I just felt a little like fizzle. It's like a little tingly sensation, a little just like something moved, something just dissolved. And I thought, I don't know what that was, but it felt good. <laughs> right. And like, I feel a little bit better. And I just started doing that. I was able to replicate that. Right. And do it on command and day in, day out, I would just repeat that process and felt that little tingly sensation and felt that dissolve. And it went from, you know, feeling it here to like having it ripple throughout my whole body, my head. And I mean, after I forget how long it was, honestly, but that feeling that kind of black hole feeling would go away. Like the days where I didn't feel it, you know, got longer and longer and longer. And eventually it just wasn't part of, uh, just wasn't part of my life anymore. Mm. And so that was the beginning of it. And it started with that very physical sensation, right? Of like, this is an emotional weight I'm carrying that I can physically feel every day, like every minute of every day, kind of like a lump in your throat, right? And I was able to release that and, and let that go with this work. And then I've also been able to apply that same approach to like beliefs that I have and core beliefs and limiting beliefs and fears and doubts, all these things, right? So it's, it's very much this like self-somatic, I have this sensation in my body and then I can literally just like dissolve it. <laughs> and it's just literally, I feel it tingle and fizzle away. And it's, it's blown my mind. And I've been able to do this with so many things. There's not, there's very few things I think that I could actually do this work on. 
And so I eventually I realized like, this is like, I'm moving energy. Like that's what I'm doing, like in my body, right? Just, you know, with maybe activating certain muscles, just putting my awareness on something, just doing these kind of Jedi mind tricks in my brain. Um, and that's opened the door for a lot of other things that have happened to me as well, looking at energy on the physical side, which um, I'm sure we'll get into, but that was kind of my introduction of like self-discovering this and being like, what is even happening? <laughs> and then realizing like I'm moving energy. Uh, and then since then, you know, other videos and books and stuff, I've realized like, yeah, this is possible. Like we can actually move energy just with our attention, with our minds. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how I kind of got into it. That's beautiful and super visceral too. Like, I think it's so cool. Yeah. You're, what you're saying kind of reminds me of, um, so I've, I've been pretty heavily involved in a, like a leadership development program for the last year or so. And I'm actually about to right. start another year for an even deeper program. Um, and a lot of this work revolves around, um, like personal development and you can't really develop yeah. upon something without developing an awareness of, uh, the thing first. So, um, yeah, a lot of attention was spent in kind of looking inwards, taking like a proverbial flashlight and flashing it inwards, trying to see and understand the landscape within before we start making changes that affect our environment around us. And something you're touching on is, which is huge. And I, I think it's a super important fundamentals base to start with. Um, but what you are referencing is something that we call kind of like a mix of like somatic tracking and, uh, holistic inquiry and somatic tracking okay. is exactly yep. that it's, it's kind of taking a second to be like, all right, what am I feeling? You know, I, I think we are starting like social norms are starting to become a lot more centric around, uh, therapy, psychotherapy and understanding that our minds require just as much attention and, um, and health as the rest of our bodies, you know, we go to the dentist, right. we go to the doctor, we go to the eye doctor, our physical body, we go gets, to the gym, it's, we go to the gym, we eat well, we sleep well, you know, and these things are all designed to take care of our physical bodies, and also our mental capacity faculties as well. But mm -hmm. there isn't as much of an effort put into how do we take care of our minds? And how do we make that a, yeah. a norm that Oh, yeah, I went to therapy today. Oh, good. Thank you so much for taking care of yourself. It's great to see that. Kind yeah, of a thing. and Seriously. I'm starting to see a shift in that. Um, Nice. And, but I think something we're also dismissing is how good our bodies are at telling us things that our minds can't understand, you know, and this is yeah. talked about, you know, until your ears fall off when it comes to things like, like trauma, or when it comes to stress, when it comes to loss, when it comes to a lot of shit that we deal with, um, our minds handle a lot of it and our bodies, you know, there's a book body keeps the score. Um, yep. And uh, so what you're touching on reminds me a lot of this holistic and somatic tracking where, you know, we're like kind of tuning into what does, you know, my body have to say, mm, I'm noticing a tightness around my throat and to just allow that entirely you said you use the word to collapse into it and mm -hmm. um, to really just allow that sensation to speak as loud as it needs to. And finally, yes. when that piece has had the podium, it fizzles out, it dissolves. And maybe something else is like, okay, I need to talk next. I need to speak next. And it's like, oh, right. my shoulder is right, right, right. tight now. What's going on here? <laughs> and um, 
and so it's a really cool practice to just spend a few minutes every day. You know, I do it in the morning when I wake up. I kind of just do nice. a quick scan top to bottom and be like, who's got something to say? And, yeah. um, you know, to allow for that experience completely. So I think it's really cool that that's something you natively just discovered on your own. Super valuable tool and uh, obviously has a big payoff. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, I, I love how you just put language to everything I've been doing over the past several years without knowing what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, you said it's super cool. I mean, I think that's a huge understatement, dude. I think it's it's like literally life changing. At least it has been for me. And another thing that I I talk about or I'm starting to talk about is energy is like where the buck stops. Like you can't work at a level lower than that. Language mm. is up here and like energy's way down here, you know, and like your emotions are somewhere in between and thinking is kind of even above this, right? It's above language. Um, so like you literally can't work. So if that's all you do, that's almost, I don't want to say it's all you need to do because other things are like other people's perspectives, you know, adding in stuff to replace what you have released. That's all part of it. Right. But it's, it's literally like you're working at the most raw level you can as you're doing this work. That's what I've realized. It's been incredibly powerful. Yeah. And, you know, energy is, I think it's like, you know, we both live in coastal communities, right? And I, I think something about the coastal communities brings a lot more open-minded people to this kind of a table, but um, there's still a lot of taboo when you start talking about energy or you talk about, you know, yeah. mental health and um, it's really far out there. And, and I, you, we were both there, you know, we had our judgments, we had our opinions on oh, that's ridiculous. You know, I can't see it. I can't test for it. I can't feel it. So it must not be real. People are crazy. <laughs> and um I think there's still a lot more for us to understand and learn from. And as more attention is brought this way, I think those eyeballs are going to bring and help demystify a lot of what we don't understand quite yet. But until we do, the thing that has helped me sleep at night the most is whatever your beliefs are, um, I think that's really the only proof you need to lean into it. And, and see what's in it for you. You know, my, my relationship with energy or, um, yeah, my, my relationship with energy might be different from yours. How I interact, how I use the words I use, you know, they're all going to be different. And fundamentally, kind of like religion, it might all be the same at a higher level. But um, to start, you know, find the thing that attaches you to this concept. And for me, it was a really interesting discovery because I, I think I can speak for you and probably a lot of other people when I say um, I've had moments in my life that I can't really explain with reason, with logic, with science, you know, the things that happened or sensations I felt that I can't yeah. make sense of. And for me, my start was in more intimate containers, um, you know, connecting with a, a partner or, um, having some thing of intimacy and feeling like there's more happening than just two bodies coming together. And I had, I mean, I, I, we were talking about this just, you know, a few weeks ago where I had a number of situations or 
interactions that I left and walked away from being like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know? And, and now it's like, I have a, enough of a taste for it where I'm looking for it. Um, you know, with other like-minded people. Yeah. I want more. I want to understand it. And I want to be able to not wield it like a tool, but to have a better sense and even like maybe, uh, like a, a responsibility, it feels like a good word. You know, I want to be responsible with, if I'm creating something, someone, at least I can help hold that container and, um, explain something or support them in a way that doesn't leave us both like spiraling for answers. Um, yeah. and I realize I'm, I'm talking pretty vaguely right now, but, um, you know, you, in your intro, you talked about, you had a guest or someone who was talking about angels and, you know, so we've got people talking about angels, you know, our community, we use the word guardians. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, talk of chakras, there's talk of, of, you know, somatic, you know, sensations. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, they're all in the same realm. They're, they're, they're all on the same earth. They all, they all exist. Um, and for other people, they may not have that same exposure. They might be like, yeah, when I look into my partner's eyes, you know, everything kind of goes gray and I just feel connected to them. And that's it. That's the sum of their experience. And for someone else, it might be something completely different. So all this to say, um, I think for anyone listening, if you've, if you've ever had an experience or something that kind of left you being like, that felt a little supernatural. I wouldn't say, you know, dive to the one and be like, oh my God, the world is changing or there's something really fantastical <laughs> happening. And, but also maybe don't dismiss it. You know, like in the same, yeah. in the same leadership program, the one thing that we're invited to um, is to stay curious, yes. you know, stay, stay curious, stay compassionate. Yep. And um, I think you'd be surprised at what doors that will lead you to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So just to maybe get a little bit more tangible and don't share anything you don't want to, right? But what was kind of like your first experiences where you realized like, whoa, something's going on here. Like this energy thing, maybe you didn't even have the word energy for it at the time, right? And then what was maybe mm -hmm. like an aha moment of like, whoa, I'm working with energy here. So I think one of the first really like, physically uh tangible experiences i've ever had was i was i was um connecting intimately with with um with a partner and we had made the agreement to not touch we wanted to sit across from one another and it was more of like a game like we wanted to see who would buckle first and try to kiss the other person <laughs> and we just thought it'd be fun to like tease and torture each other you know we're like trying to be all seductive and like you know just be right. coy and funny and playful and we eventually dropped into this rhythm where we were both kind of swaying, you know, back and forth with each other. But beyond even just like our physical swing, there was something kind of inside. I feel like my head and my heart were kind of like this, like ethereal something. And we were connected and it kind of, <laughs> it, it, it really reminded me, I don't know if you remember those like nineties desk toys that executives would have, but it was like a, it's like a square prism and there's oil and water and it rocks back and yeah. forth like a seesaw. And, oh, you know, yeah. on the one hand, the oil and water sloshes to one side and it sloshes yep. to the other. It literally yep. felt like our bodies or our spirits were doing that. You know, we were like sloshing wow. to one and then sloshing back into the other. And it just was such a weird, and we were both entranced by it. And we just kept on going for a while. And we finally, you know, broke out of it. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, that was weird. Um, <laughs> and I just remember thinking, well, that's kind of cool. And 
you yeah. know, I wrote it off. I wrote it off as kind of like that thing that happens when you're like thinking about someone and then two seconds later they text you or they call you. You know, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, oh, that's just a really funny, weird little coincidence. Nothing more of it. Um, you know, fast forward a little bit. I'm, I'm in a, uh, a workshop and we were uh, doing a, a practice on holistic inquiry, you know, and, and, and to summarize the practice, you sit across from someone and you eye gaze with your partner and you are um, one person is prompting, the other person is answering. And the prompt is the same one over and over again. It's what do you experience in your, or what are you experiencing right now? And, mm -hmm. you know, what would it be like to allow that experience completely? And the practice is to get into, you know, witnessing your surroundings or even your internal environment and to really just dive into it. You know, you know, I think sometimes we have a thought or a feeling that we're afraid of or that we, you know, are a little unsure of. And so we kind of put a little bit of a wall up. We separate ourselves from it. And the practice is to like dive into it. You know, you're safe, you're held, you're surrounded by people who can take care of you. Um, go for it. Dive in and see what happens. And what they didn't tell us is what magic was also waiting for us on the other side. And so, <laughs> My my partner and I were kind of talking and we're going, you know, back and forth. And, um, you know, after I complete prompting her, she starts prompting me. And it's funny because it's like, you'll be like, oh, I noticed other people talking in the room. I noticed my butt starting to get sore because we've been sitting on the ground for a half hour. Um, I noticed, you know, I'm getting, I'm losing circulation on my legs. And it's things like that. And it's like, okay, I'm getting kind yeah. of annoyed at this line of questioning. I'm ready for something else. <laughs> um, and you're just kind of sticking with it and you're just maintaining this just direct eye contact, you know, pupil to pupil. Yeah. And all of a sudden something in me shifted where I just, I felt this like, it, it, again, the best thing I can do to, is to compare. And, and the, uh, the best comparison I can think of is kind of like an FM transmitter, like those old dial, you know, you're tuning into the frequency and it felt like my brain suddenly I shifted from the driver's seat to the passenger seat and someone else was kind of, taking the wheel and they were fine tuning this, this, this mm. until I was um, tuned into my partner and the rest of the world went sepia. Like literally the colors around me yeah. changed and it went like gray tone and sepia. And I just felt like just locked into this, my partner's eyes. And um, I had all these words and thoughts coming up and, you know, the sounds, all the ambient sounds, you know, kind of drowned out. I could hear, particular things like rustling paper or the creaking of chairs. And so I mentioned these things. I was just reciting what I was experiencing. And I could see, you know, kind of in my peripheral, even though I was making direct eye contact, my, my partner was having like a pretty big reaction to what I was sharing. And I'm just, I'm still going and I'm speaking what's coming up. I, I had, you know, visions of like a playground and just weird shit. And I'm like, well, this is present for me. So I'm just going to share it. We finally yeah. conclude. And, and my partner, she, she breaks down crying. And, you know, my thought was, oh, fuck, what did I do? I, I, are you okay? And yeah, like, hey, yeah, talk yeah. me through what happened here. Yeah. And, you know, she looks up at me and she's just like, I don't know what happened, but you were reading my mind word for word. And, wow. you know, we started talking more and, and, it, and it went beyond just being like, I was saying things that she was also noticing, but it was like the order of the words, the words specifically I was using were picked directly from her brain. And... You know, the, the memories wild. and the, the visuals that I had were directly out of her mind, you know, and we both kind of sat back and we're like, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? 
And, <laughs> and it was just incredible. Wow. And, and we weren't the only ones. A lot of the other people in, in the mm. group, you know, they had, they didn't, I don't think many people had as visceral of an experience, but they had other very incredible experiences, awesome experiences um, where wow. they felt very connected to someone. And I think there's something there when you can connect beyond words, beyond language beyond thoughts but like direct like soul yeah. to soul there's there's something there that i think isn't getting as much attention as it could be um so i think that was yeah. my one of my big aha moments um you know and then got this i've been like a, a hunter for these moments not for these moments specifically but moments that that um i guess cultivate connection and community yeah and i think there's so much magic in there so yeah i think those are just a few of the ones that really stick out to me right now yeah which are both like equally mind-blowing <laughs> um, i mean i can't i haven't experienced anything like that yet but it did remind me of something actually but i think back to my like first or second year of college um i was still in san diego and i was dating this girl and we were I think it was the morning, you know, we were lying in bed, just kind of embracing. And I remember that we were hugging so tight. Maybe like, I don't know if I was going to like leave that day for something or whatever, but I was just like, we were just hugging each other so tightly. And I remember feeling like we were one person. Hmm. Like it wasn't like my body and her body. It was just like, we were just one. It was just like this connection, right? It's all... I don't know. Again, words are up here, energy's down here. Words don't do justice to what you feel, right? There's, it's just impossible. So just that feeling of just like oneness with somebody. And that was probably my first actual experience of like feeling something where I was like, whoa, what was that? You know, it didn't really, I didn't follow that rabbit hole or anything at the time. It's only now looking back at it, I don't know, freaking 12 years later, <laughs> you know, I was like, Ah, huh, huh, that must have been something, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to, to hear similarities mm -hmm. right, between a lot of this stuff. And I made a note earlier too, from something you talked about, like everyone's going to experience things differently. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's energy is different. But I come from a background of science, math, computer science, physics. And there are laws of physics, which are universal and do not change, right? So we all experience those the same way, or I shouldn't say we experience them the same way. Those exist for all of us, right? Energy doesn't change. It can move or it can't be created or destroyed, but it can be transformed. Um, it can move. There's equal and opposite reactions. When you look at something, it changes. Right, literally down to like the particle level. That's just a fact. Uh, or at least its behavior changes, I should say. So trying, like I'm trying to like learn all these things and pull it all together in, in a way, you know, for people that might be on that like skeptical side or just on the fence of like what's going on here, that there are still ways, like, but we can't measure this stuff yet, right? Like it's, yeah. it's pre-electric, our technology and tools cannot measure this right now, but it doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean it's not real. And it doesn't mean that you can't affect it either, which now you've clearly experienced that even with another person. 
And there's videos of that on like the Goop Netflix episodes, right? Which yes. when I saw those, dude, that blew my mind. Um, but even just like internally, we can start doing this stuff too. Yep. Yep. You know, it's funny that that episode, I watched that episode, I don't know, six, eight months ago, you know, well onto my journey where I'm like, okay, I've, I acknowledge there are things I don't understand <laughs> and I'm curious to learn more. And I'm watching that episode and I'm still just like, they rehearsed this shit out of that. Like, there's no way that that's like, like the skeptic is still online. And so that's something that, right. you know, even today I still deal with, like, I'll still have experiences to be like, but how else could I explain that? Because that still yeah. just doesn't seem right. And every so often I'm still impressed or blown away or, or shocked by something because I don't have yeah. the words to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's interesting to me is like evolutionarily we had emotions before we had language. And so emotions and feelings are a more raw thing, but just like in mm -hmm. computer science, like in programming, right? You have binary and then you have C and then you have like Java. And so everything, you kind of have these abstractions and you can't really, I mean, you, it's designed so you can like interface with the ones and zeros um, in Java, but in that kind of abstraction uh, paradigm, right? It's like, there's things that existed first. And at least in this case, like you can't really explain the lower level stuff with the higher level stuff. Cause it's just not designed that way. It's designed to mm. be abstracted. And language is one of those things where you cannot really describe emotion or feeling accurately to the point where you can explain it to somebody and they'll like, get it. Like, like a hundred percent get it. Right. But in that instance where it was you and your partner and you were reading her mind, like you got it and she got it. Like there was, yeah. you just can't. Right. It's, I don't, it's just, <laughs> it, it's just really interesting to me how, and why I love this so much. Cause again, kind of back to my software development background, right. It's like the lower you get, the closer you get to the source of like a, the root cause of something problem or whatever, you know, like, okay, if I fix this here, I won't have to fix it again. This is the level I, I need to be working at in order for this thing to be solved. And I find the same thing with energy. Like if we can, if humans start doing their own self-development and personal growth work at this level, like that's it. You don't have to go any farther than that. It can be uncomfortable because one, there's the, the belief aspect, right? There's obviously skeptics and people are like, well, this is kind of unknown and people are scared of the unknown, right? And then there's feelings, which are energy which a lot of them can be uncomfortable, at least the ones we hold mm -hmm. on to. Right? Mm -hmm. So those are the ones that come up when you do this you know, somatic inquiry and stuff. So it's, yep. there's that kind of barrier to entry that people don't want to work at that level. But as you described, I think there's a lot of pleasure and just fun also waiting at that oh level too, you know? Yeah. So again, equal and opposite things, right? This is another concept in energy. In, in physics, right? If you can be at that level, yeah, you're going to have pain and discomfort, but it's also not going to be as bad as you think it is. That's what I've realized. Mm -hmm. We think yep. thinking makes it worse. Thinking makes it way worse than just feeling it through. Right. And also at that level, there's just the pleasure side of stuff too. 
which gets into like yeah. Tantra and, and all of that, you know, and the, the, the sex, love and goop episode. Yep. So I just think that to me is just fascinating <laughs> and it just matches the pattern that we see in, um, in certain laws of physics and stuff. So like, I see it being very practical and like making sense. It's just a matter of Absolutely. how do we communicate? Cause then the opposite is also true, right? I'm trying to find the words to describe when I've been learning and that's a challenge, like even going kind of this way. So, especially cause the words that you and I use, you know, we use the same words, we're speaking the same language, but the weight and meaning behind the words that we use could be different. You know, the relationship I have yeah. with certain words might be similar, but the, they may not line completely up in scope with the word that you would use to describe mm -hmm. the same thing we're trying to describe. Um, yep. Yeah. But I appreciate your effort. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, man. Um, so another question for you then, for me, the way that I'm incorporating just like energy work into my life is doing that kind of, um, I call it mind works is, is what I call it. It's my process for letting go of whatever I need to let go of. And I love how you said earlier that you kind of see what wants to talk, see what comes up, right? You can go in and like dig for something specific, an insecurity, a fear, a belief you want to let go of, whatever, a, a chronic feeling. <clears throat> or you can say, hey, let me just kind of see what comes up. And if something comes up, I can let it go. And mm -hmm. so I do that pretty much every day. And that alone is, has changed my life. That's been huge. If I do that, so the other, <laughs> the reason why this also just blows my mind, man, is when I started doing that regularly, I explained how at the beginning it started with this like feeling in my chest, right? And eventually that would, that started to go away. And then that tingly sensation moved from more than just my chest, but it would move around my whole kind of body. And I was having some digestive and gut issues around the same time. And I got to a point where I would start to feel that tingly sensation and that release happen around like my gut, my stomach, kind of around my intestine area. <clears throat> and if I did this enough, if I moved enough energy and I had a good session in, I don't know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, right? I would literally start to burp because mm -hmm. something that the energy was in and got released from or touched literally had a physical change in my body that caused air to be released and caused me to burp. And after doing that over, I was like, I clearly something, right? There's that connection between the energetic and then the physical. And you're like, I don't understand this, but it's consistent. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it was a few months ago that I realized someone mentioned the words like stress burps. Like stress burping, ah. like it's a thing. You, like you can Google it, and so it's like, okay, I'm releasing maybe, and I haven't dived into that research too much, but okay, if I'm releasing the stress, then that's maybe causing you know somehow. And what is stress at the end of the day? It's just tension and energy, right? Excessive mm -hmm. chaotic energy, and so clearly there's a relation and there's some part of that that's recognized by science, right? Cause there's these stress burps and they're a thing, right? But just bridging that connection is, you know, that still is happening, I think. 
Yep. Yep. I, absolutely. I think energetics and the physical um, do merge. And something you're touching reminded me of um, when, and I've seen this a lot in, in like our discussion groups and, and mentor calls. Um, I think a lot of the time, and I'm not trying to speak too generally here, but a lot of us are in a stress state a lot of the time. You know, fight yeah. or flight, we, <laughs> we're constantly like ready to go. Sympathetic dominance. Exactly. And what happens yep. when you finally alleviate the, the sympathetic into and you engage your parasympathetic, your body starts to relax, the muscles relax, your digestive tract relaxes. And uh, something we get to see almost without fail when you're in a call, whether it's with your therapist or whether it's with like a mentor or someone you trust and you are talking through your feelings, whatever's coming up for you, and you speak to the extent that you finally feel your body relax. Usually, like before or right around during, you'll notice like stomach gurgling, and it's the mm -hmm. parasympathetic finally engaging, and your GI finally relaxing, and there's now movement inside your yeah. body again. And so it's kind yeah. of like a telltale sign that you know whatever yeah. you're doing is working, and your body is like, okay, I'm okay, I can relax. Yeah, yeah. And so what and I, I would say, really right, neat. is yeah, no, it's it's it blows my mind, dude, right? And so you can do that. You just said like when you speak to where you felt complete, I forgot exactly the words you used, right? But mm -hmm. imagine doing that with a therapist. That could take an hour, could take more than an hour. If you can learn how to do this just on your couch in five minutes. Yep. I mean, imagine how powerful of a tool that really is. Well, and you I know. would love to share something that yeah because you're absolutely right you know and and we could do therapy on a regular basis like bring on all the support bring on your therapist bring on your mentors bring on support calls bring on your men's groups your women's groups your your mm -hmm. best friend you know sharing like whatever it is like these are support structures that we all i would love to see everyone have uh, yeah. more of in their lives but um I, I want to can i offer something to the people listening that i think might be a good segue for their Please, own practice dude, no. at home yeah, of course. So the, you know, we, most of us don't live with, with lifestyles that allow us to just sit and meditate for eight hours a day. And Lord knows, I don't even want to meditate for eight hours a day. No. Um, <laughs> I did it once. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, my yeah. hat's off to you. We can talk about that but story I, after. But I, I think being in the practice of uh, being in touch with yourself is something we could do more of. And it doesn't have to look like sitting in a quiet yes. corner, you know, breathing in and out for hours at a time, but being in the practice of and just like any other muscle, the more we do it, the better we get at it, the comfortable, more comfortable we are dropping into that again. Um, one thing yeah. that I make a practice of doing every morning when I wake up is a little bit of breath work. And it's like, it, it, it could look like different things in different days. It's just breathing into my body, giving it that quick scan up to down. And if I have a little bit more time, I might even try breathing into, and this is where I will roll myself at, roll eyes at myself, but um, <laughs> breathing into each of my chakra points, you know, each of, each of the, each of the seven. Yep. And yep. I envision just breathing into them and waiting for some sort of hit, some sort of something for my breath to bump up against and feel some sort of stirring in that area. And then I'll move into the next one. And sometimes mm -hmm. not all of them engage. Sometimes that center, that energy center is just dead or there's just nothing there for me. And I'll move yeah. on to the next one. 
And it's just kind of a great way to tap into myself and feel into what is this aspect of my personhood? How are they showing up today? Um, you know, and then I might also kind of breathe and just listen to what my body has to say or what voices in my head have to say. You know, people talk about guardians or angels, or maybe you've heard of the term parts work. Um, you know, the mm -hmm. different pieces of, of or versions of myself in my past life. Your inner children. Life, my inner children. Um, yep. My critic, my doubter, my um my ego you know whatever whatever you yeah. can put a name to it you know if you're getting a hit it's like oh this guy this guy feels like pretty pretty self-absorbed all right cool what does he have to say you know like and just getting in tune with what these voices have to say and not that you have to live them out as gospel but you know they are a part of you and whether or not you agree with them i think giving them the stage to speak what they have to say most oftentimes I'll leave the bed feeling a little bit more connected with myself. Mm -hmm. And do you feel, I'm just curious now, when you do that exercise, do you feel anything physically change in your body? Do you feel like a tingle or a lightness or something move? Or is it maybe a bit more just like a cognitive kind of thing of letting those voices say what they need to say and have their time? My, that's a good question. My intention is to, just be in the practice of it because I feel more connected with myself. And if I ever have a challenging conversation, um, I have at least planted that flag that day where it's like, okay, cool. I, I can, you know, feel myself getting a little riled up. I'm going to take some space and, yeah. and like <clears throat> ground or breathe before I'm ready to come back to the conversation. So I feel more complete of, in and of myself mm -hmm. just as a practice, but um, leaving the bed, it's like most oftentimes it's, it's, it's that somatic release, you know, it's like, oh man, my, my chest feels a little tight today. Okay. I'm going to breathe into it. And, and I don't even have the expectation or attachment of any resolve, but if I'm noticing my chest is really tight, my throat's really tight, I feel really clammy and I'm my, I just, I feel more insular. Okay. Maybe Alden needs a little more kindness today. We're going to treat him with a little bit more compassion and a little, be a little gentle. You know, maybe that big uh, work day we had scheduled. Let's let's just take the first top five tied up top you know items, and we'll knock those out today. But like yeah. to not put so much pressure on myself, to not have so much expectation of what I need to do or how I need to show up. Like it's it's self love. It's how can I support myself that day? Yeah, totally. Yeah, one thing that came up. So I just did. Um, my first MindWorks eight-week group program that I had two people go through for the past eight weeks. <clears throat> Towards the end of it, I was talking with one of the guys um, after the eight weeks were over. And because I'm still trying to learn, like, how do I teach this to people? How do I get people to realize and experience that something has changed in them physically, right? Because energy is pretty much a physical thing. Right. It's like, okay, if I'm moving energy, I should be able to feel something. And at least in my experience, right, when I do this work on my couch and first thing in the morning, whatever, I always feel something move. I feel something shift. I can have it be cognitive and have it be, you know, that voice that needs to say something. But if I do it in in my perspective, if I do it properly, if I do it correctly, if I do it to the point where it's effective and something shifted, I will feel that energy move or tingle or fizzle or whatever. And so I try to push these guys like get to the point 
where you can feel something physical change. And like, I give them specific exercises like to do, to, to get to that point. And for me, it's always been that kind of tingly thing mm. for one of the guys in the group. He felt energy kind of like just get sucked out of his chest. He like felt that release. And then the other guy, he got to the point where his body would start deep breathing automatically which is a thing that animals experience in the wild. Like that's a thing. And he was able to get to that point where his body took over, which is what you were saying before about dropping into the parasympathetic, right? Cause we have the sympathetic, which is our fight or flight and our parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. And our bodies get stuck in this sympathetic dominance mode, which the first time I heard that, I was like, crap, that's me. <laughs> like just hearing those words, I'm like, dang it. Like I'm in that, that mode and your body is just in it all the time. And we're just swimming in it and we don't even know. And you don't even remember what parasympathetic feels like anymore. Cause it's been so long. And I've had experiences where I've dropped into it and I was like, wow, I've been in the Paris in the sympathetic for so long but now I can feel this. So I guess it's kind of a question to you of, um, do you get to that point? Do you feel that on a regular basis? Like as you're doing this work of feeling that physical thing shift or change, do you feel the energy move and have you been able to do that repeatedly? And do you find benefits in doing that? I think I do experience releases and mine are mine are more mental i think more than anything um usually what i focus a lot of my attention on are like my triggers my anxieties my insecurities thoughts or stressors from work or from you know relationships from from my day-to-day -day. and yeah. breath work is is kind of my default go-to you know, kind of okay. getting comfortable in yep. a chair, feet on the ground, hands on my heart and my belly, deep breathing, you know, and kind of just really witnessing where am I, what is coming up for me. Um, and a lot of the spirally kind of thoughts or like the, that, that toilet bowl kind of spinning out sensation I get is usually mitigated a lot. There's like, there's like a release where it's kind of like a dissipation and I can feel my brain kind of just soften a little bit. Yeah. And I wouldn't, and, and I don't know if it's possible. Maybe it's not my design. It's never completely gone. You know, I, I think, you know, by mention, mm. like our, our traumas, the things that have really affected us in our past, like these things are forever imprinted as part of us, but the more practice we get at learning to work with them and take care of them, the better we get at doing just that. And so they end up being helpful reminders on how we want to live and how we want to show up and how we want to take care of ourselves because of them, not necessarily in spite of them, but because of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it sounds like you have a unique experience from a couple members in your group. My experiences might be different. We might all be chipping away or climbing up the same mountain, just on different sides. Who knows what's at the top? Right. Um, <laughs> but for me, it's, it's, it's very much like the, the relaxing and then the reclamation of like, I'm in control. Like, did I have, I don't know if you've heard, you've heard that, that line where it's like, did you have a bad day? Did you have a bad five minutes that you milked all day? Kind of a thing. <laughs> um, and I think when I heard that, I was like, fuck, that's, yeah, that's, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do that. Um, Pretty sure we all have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was just a great reminder that, you know, we are all incredibly powerful people who are entirely in control of ourselves. And the moment that I feel myself spinning out or feel like I'm losing control of something, cool. Is it my need for control? Am I just having a really bad moment? Like, does someone need to speak? Am I just like, have I not been breathing for the last seven minutes and I'm just oxygen depleted? Like, let's get back to zero. Let's get back to base level. And um, for me, it's like a, it's like, okay, cool. I'm back in charge again. Kind of a sensation. Yeah. 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 It's something you just said. Again, I, I like bringing things back to the practical, right? And to the commonalities with laws we know about physics. And I think, I always forget if it's the second or the third law of thermodynamics that states chaos is the default state. Entropy is the default state of a system. And it's the same thing with our minds, dude. If you don't do this work, then the traumas, the insecurities, the fears, the doubts, the noise, the voices, they get loud. And they'll take over. Right. And that's the chaos that a lot of us live in. Date, not even day to day, minute to minute. I definitely was. I, God, man, I was. (laughs) Me in college. Dang, it was bad. It was really bad. Like I literally could not control my mind. Yeah. And this is the work that I've found that the, the way I kind of describe it to myself, at least, is like, I'm literally releasing the energy that's charging these thought patterns. Yep. It's literally because the body keeps the score, right? You mentioned that book. Yep. It gets stored in our body physically. And so if it's stored in our body, there's a physical thing that's being stored to some level. And okay, that's energy. So if I can literally let that go, And so I I want to challenge something you said, which is these live with us forever. Mm -hmm. If I can keep doing the work and keep letting go and releasing, I'll get to a point where little by little, these will start to completely lose their power and go away. It's not easy. It's not going to happen overnight because guess what? You could experience, let's say, two or three experiences a day that make you feel that or that justify or validate some insecurity you have, right? Whatever it is, loneliness, Mm -hmm. fear of abandonment, fear of failure. And okay, we're 30 years old, right? So what's two experiences a day times 30 years? (laughs) Thousands, right? There's thousands. Thousands. So, but there's going to be patterns, of course. But if we can do this work for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, and you start to release these, you'll get to a point where you've stripped these of a lot of their power at that raw level. And this is what I've experienced, dude. Like, I'm a very different person than I was mm-hmm. five years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree uh, to an extent. The, I, I think, I don't believe that the path to self-realization, to healing, to anything really in life is, is linear. You know, you, I think, but with practice, with time, mm-hmm. with support structures, we can get to a point where the things that really sent us into like a trauma vortex or things that really deeply affected us, 
at least as far as I've heard from people around me, you know, end up being like gentle reminders when we're resourced. And then there are days when maybe we're in a depressive swing or we're spent, chewed up, spit out, burnt out, and those things can affect us more deeply. Um, but I, I think that's why it's super important to set yourself up for success with meditative practices, with people you can lean on, with you know, an understanding yep. of yourself. And then they, in turn, these things have less power over you. There's a, there's a philosophy yeah. um, coined by a German, um, I think he was a philosopher named Franz Rupert. And he coined the term, um, the three selves. Um, and mm -hmm. the, the premise of this ideology is that at birth, we are a whole individual. We are, yeah. you're a clean slate. We're pure, but you're a clean slate. Yeah. And, totally. uh, but just like any other living creature, we have needs, we have wants. And as a baby, we don't really have a lot of ways to communicate these needs and wants. And our parents, you know, they are imbued with attunement. You know, there, there are pheromones, there are chemicals, there's, you know, just the, the, you know, a mom or a dad learning the cry of a baby. Like there's definitely mm -hmm. like somewhat of a working relationship with understanding one another. And all parents, and I can't speak for everyone, everyone has had a range of experiences and upbringings, and I don't want to dismiss anyone who has maybe had a, a more traumatic upbringing, but I want to say that parents will do and operate the best they can with what they have, the best way they know how. Um, yeah. And in a traditional like nuclear family unit, 10 out of 10 times, there's going to be a point where a mom or a dad is not able to read the mind of that baby if it needing something yeah. and mom or yep. father or parent figure, let's just say parent figure, uh, responds in a different way. Eventually this leads to like a fissure where this met goes mm -hmm. unneed. And we call this like the, the, the original wound, you know, we give it a name, yep. you know, mother yep. wound, father wound, but the original wound. And that yeah. creates like a fissure in our identity where now rather than being one whole unit, we're now split into two. Um, and in response, our psyches, our beautiful psyches, our powerful psyches develop a response to protect ourselves against that wounding from happening again. So now we're left with three versions of ourselves. One we call the healthy self, the second we call the wounded self, and the third we call the survivor self. Yeah. And these three selves live within us forever. Um, and the practice that, that we try to lean into is keeping a connection to our healthy self. You know, so if I wake up and I'm immediately stressed out about something, I'm not in my healthy self. I'm not thinking the same way I would if I was balanced and resourced and felt level. And mm -hmm. I've done this enough where it's like, I know when I'm not healthy. I know when I'm triggered. I know when I'm hurt. And the more we practice and pay attention to these voices, the better attuned we can get at saying, okay, cool. I'm feeling, ooh, my wounded self is coming online something that someone did or said or something that happened to me is triggering that voice. And so that person, that guy is online right now. Our survivor self might try to step in and protect the wounded self with mechanisms, with behaviors, with survival, some strategies. sort of response, a, a survival strategy that when yep. that wound was created, did a really good job at protecting that wounded self. Right. Cause you had, to. and exactly. But as we grow, as we get older, those same, uh, dangers aren't present anymore and if they are the mechanism that our younger selves use to protect ourselves they don't apply anymore we're older capable beings 
And so it's the recognition of, okay, cool. I hear this is a survivor self coming online to try to defend me right now. But that, mm. that mechanism, the turning and giving that person the cold shoulder or the manipulation to get what I want or the turning around and running the other direction, like that doesn't serve the person I am or want to be. So how can right. we recognize and honor that, hey, you are doing a great job and I see you you know, as a survivor self, you were just trying to protect me. Thank you so much for your support, but I got this from here. And then we get to lean on the other support structures that we've worked so hard to cultivate in our lives until we can get back to our healthy self. And so that whole yeah. thing sounds like quite a process. And it is a process. The first hundreds and thousands of times. <laughs> but again, like any other muscle, the more we do it, the better we get at it. Um, yeah. And uh, with the intention being to, to stay within our healthy self. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me of, I think you mentioned it too, uh, earlier about like parts work right? and the inner children that we have. Right. Cause when those wounds happen, I mean, you split kind of like Voldemort mm -hmm. and his, you know, seven souls. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yep. So you, you, you kind of split in this way and this can happen. I wouldn't say several times a day, let's say once a week, just to throw a number out there. Right. So you have all these inner children that are still stuck at three years old, five years old, seven years old, with all these experiences. <clears throat> and as you do this work, you know, the, at least the way I approach it with mind works and everything, and there's a lot of different things you can do internally, like in your mind, as you're working with these parts, right? But as you find them, at the end of the day, the goal is to reintegrate them, right? And as they get integrated, then they become part of you again. And now there's one less. And mm -hmm. then kind of like what you're saying, okay, who's next, right? Like who's the next, like who's screaming out the loudest? Let me go find them. Okay. Let me bring him in. Right. Who's the next one. All right. And there's one less and then one less and then one less. Right. And as you do that, then you just naturally become your healthy self more and it becomes easier. And that's like your authentic self. Right. And then you can go move forward in life, in relationship, in business. And you're just going to, you're going to make decisions differently, right? You're mm. going to think differently. You're going to behave differently and you'll just be a different person. You'll always have, you know, something will trigger you, right? But you'll catch all the low hanging fruit and then mm -hmm. like, okay, I still have this kind of medium hanging fruit and then you'll do that work. And then you still have the high hanging fruit. That's your real deep stuff, right? This happened to me literally like two weeks ago. One of my really deep patterns kind of got triggered and it took me a few days to recognize it. And after a few days, I was like, whoa, I, I haven't acted in that way in like seven years. And then I was like, all right, I've got the tools. Let's do the work. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting stuff, man. Super powerful. It really is. It really is. Yeah. So, hey, man, is there, um, coming up just on the hour here, is there anywhere that people can find you connect with you if they want to um, reach out or anything, or just hear more about what you're up to. Oh, I mean, I hope here again, I, I love discussing. Yeah, and, dude, and, no, I'd love and, to have you back, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, this we, is episode one. So. <laughs> we've, we've talked about it a few times. Like, I, I think we don't know what we don't know and who knows where we're going to get. Yeah. But I think the more we talk about it, the more people we bring to the table, more exploration we get, the further in exploration we get with understanding, really just working with our parts, um, our energy, um, 
our lives. I, I I'm really curious to see what else we can uncover and learn about what's available to us. So, um, yeah, Definitely. I look forward to connecting more here. I'm, I'm I I'll throw my my uh, Instagram if people want to shoot me a message and have questions. I'd love to talk more. I am by no means an expert or a practitioner or anything like that, but it, it it's a gift. It feels like a gift when I can, you know, be a part of an experience with someone and uh, yeah, be a part of definitely. something that they get to walk away from and be like, wow, that felt really liberating. Or that felt healing or that felt just really freaking cool. Like whatever it yeah. is, um, I'm stoked to be on that journey with you. So yeah, I bring on the questions. I'd love to talk more. Yeah, for sure, man. And we haven't even gotten into, we barely touched on like the, the side of Tantra and how you can use your sexual energy and manipulate that and change that. So definitely a lot more to talk about, man. So yeah, no, for, for sure. You'll, we'll, we'll do this again. I yeah. can't wait. Thanks so much for having me. So yeah, dude, thanks so much. It was a lot of fun.